The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we saw his glory. The glory is of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, this was he of whom I said, the one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Has anybody here ever had the experience that nobody does what you say? I see a lot of parents nodding their heads. <laughs> Linger with that thought for a moment because it's vital to understanding the magnitude and the beauty of the mystery that we celebrate today. 2,022 years ago, when a babe was placed in a manger, in a stable in Bethlehem, Tiberius Caesar sat on his throne in Rome and styled himself the ruler of the world, styled himself as well, not merely man, but divine. And closer to Bethlehem in Jerusalem, Herod the Idumean sat on a throne, styling himself, even though he was not of the people of God, the heir to David and the heir of the kingdom. 
And both of these men, in their own way, understood something about earthly power and authority. That the mighty get to say things and people have to do them. And if they are not obeyed, there are, con there are consequences, often terrible. But our experience of worldly authority is an experience of words, of orders that are given, of impositions and burdens that are put forth generally by means of words, words that are backed up by military power, by coercive power of some kind. And yet in Bethlehem, there is an infant placed in a manger. He has no earthly armor, army. He has no earthly power. He has no earthly wealth. And it is far from a palace. And yet he too is a king. But he is a curious king because he is not a king of words. He is the word. And yet this word, the word made flesh that we celebrate today, comes to us as an infant. And the word infant, quite literally, is from the Latin roots which mean incapable of speaking. The word made flesh comes as one incapable on the day of his birth of speaking with human words. Note how remarkable that is. The lack of arbitrariness, the lack of capriciousness, the marvelous patience of this king who arrives and his first act is not to give an order, but simply to be with his people and to be with them in their poverty. What a remarkable mystery this is. And this is why we have this beautiful combination of readings for the Christmas Day Mass. The readings which speak of how wonderful it is for those who can announce this word. But also that in the long history of the people of God, time and time again as God spoke, it was through a prophet, through a teacher, through a leader, and so it was indirect speech. The prophet repeated what he had heard. The prophet repeated what he was given to say. But what do we hear today in our second reading? In this last period, God doesn't speak to us in a fragmentary way, in a partial way, in an incomplete way. Rather, he speaks fully openly and directly to us in his Son. And yet the Son comes, and he doesn't say anything, at least to start. In fact, the world will wait 30 years 
before it hears him go forth to preach and announce the kingdom. What a remarkable word this is, this silent word, who comes and who listens. This word who comes and is content to be present before speaking. How different from the noise that fills our lives and surrounds our world today. How different this word that doesn't impose himself, this word that doesn't even demand attention, but arrives. And in his arrival, says everything that needs to be said. And now think again of your own experience. Those times where you were trying to express yourself and couldn't find the words. Those times where communication has broken down in your family. And not because our hearts are bad, but because our words are wrong. And they fail to communicate effectively what we're trying to say. And we find ourselves so easily misunderstanding one another. And we long for that moment where to express what is deepest and most important in our lives. If only we could put it into words, find the right word. And it's so hard to do that. And we need so many words to explain ourselves, to express ourselves. The other element of this beautiful mystery today is that God only has one word. And this word is a word that completely expresses who he is. Imagine that. God doesn't grope for words. God doesn't need multiple words to communicate himself. He has one word. And this word says everything we need to know. How wonderful this is. How marvelous this is. And this also is why he who is the word is made flesh as an infant who cannot speak. Because he is the word, not his speaking and not his speech. And the word, the word of God, is not a voice to be listened to, not a book to be read, but a person to be met. How marvelous that is. And so here on this day, as we gather around the nativity scene, and we see the silent word, the speechless word, we look at him, and by gazing upon him, we can hear and know the truth. We see the power to forgive in the humble babe. We see the power that brought a universe into being, and how? By his word. Delighted to enter that universe that he created and to find a place for himself there. Note how marvelous that is. At the very beginning of time, he spoke, 
and light was created. He spoke and the world was created. He spoke and mankind was created. Just as at the very beginning of your life, he spoke, not in a way the world could hear, but he spoke and your soul was created. And this one whose speaking brought all of us into being pronounces by his very presence the word of forgiveness. The word that says there is nothing so broken about you that I won't draw near to you. The word that says there is nothing so lacking in you that I will not draw near to you. There is no poverty in this world so great that I cannot be found there and I cannot find you there. And in doing so, he also says there is not a treasure in this world so great that I need to have it. There is not a palace so wonderful that I have to be there instead of with you. Note how much he says, simply by arriving and being with us. He doesn't need Caesar's palace. He doesn't need Herod's soldiers. The stable will do just fine. And there, in the manger, he gives no orders, but his presence says, come. Come to me. I've already come to you. I've crossed the great distance. I've made the big move. I've laid aside my glory to be with you. I am born into poverty so that you who are poor can be made rich, rich in goodness, rich in mercy, rich in generosity, rich in compassion, rich in everything that really matters. I have come to you for that reason. And the word whose speaking is the very beginning of our living is the one whose speaking is our salvation, whose speaking is our life. And he doesn't need many human words. He doesn't need to give arbitrary orders because the great act of his love says enough. This is why we sing on this day, O come, let us adore him. The silent word who says everything by arriving, by being with us. And note that when he speaks this way, note what he says about you the value of your life, the goodness of your life, the importance of your family. Because on this day, we also remember salvation comes to the world through a family, by a family, in a family. And let's remember that he's God. God is perfect. God can do all things. And everything that God does, by definition, is the most perfect, the most loving, and the greatest of things, or we're not dealing with God. So note what we've just said.
the most perfect way for the word of God to come into the world, the most perfect way for salvation to come to the world is through a family. And note how great the family, not just in general, but concretely your family, is in the eye and the mind and the heart of God. So many wonderful things that we celebrate today. Joy to the world indeed. The joy of his presence. The joy of our families. And the joy of salvation. A joy that is greater than any promise that any earthly tyrant can make. A joy that is invincible against all threats of earthly power. A joy that not only comes from eternity, but carries us to eternity. How absolutely wonderful. We, orphans no more, sons and daughters, adopted into the family of him who is the word and is our brother. And note how wonderful it is that in gazing upon him, we see and we learn everything that God has to say to us. And today, as we gather in this place, we don't simply look upon the image of the Christ child in the manger. In just a few minutes, I will hold up the body of Christ before your eyes, and you will gaze on him. Not an image of him, but him. The eye of the body won't see his face. But in that moment when you hear, behold the Lamb of God, Open wide the eyes of your heart and see the face of salvation. See the king who has come to you. And then get up and then come forward and stretch out your hand. Because what we really celebrate today is not merely the fact that he was born, held in Mary's hands, and placed in a manger. We celebrate the fact that he's here yet and he's going to come forward and he's going to be placed in your hand and received into your heart. And just like the stable was more than good enough for him, on this day, he says to you, I don't need Caesar's palace. Your heart will do just fine. And he comes to us. Let us receive him with faith. And in that faith, let us rejoice because the carol is entirely correct. This is the day of joy to the world and for the world. But that joy longs to root itself first in you. Amen.